What is up, Goal Line listeners? We are back with our first December episode of the Goal Line, the number one, at least in our hearts, football podcast in the world. Jordan, what's going on, man? No, it's the number one football podcast in the world. I have confirmed proof of this. I, I looked up all the data. We have we have overtaken the Kelsey brothers, and we are number one. It's just it's a great <laughs> yeah. day to have a great day. Uh, not too much, man. Just uh, another exciting week of football. Not really, but uh it was it was a week of football so we take the good weeks of football do you uh i was thinking man should we just scrap the football talk and go an hour deep on the grand theft auto 6 trailer dropping probably not i think i I never i think we'd lose listeners last week you mentioned wrestling this week you're talking about video games like dude i can (laughs) i can just fucking hear the people clicking off and we're not even a minute in yet did you see the uh the video for it today i did what dude, what a r- freaking rush of emotions it looks like it's going to be the greatest video game of all time and then it's coming 2025 it's like god dang dude back, if you know rockstar it's probably getting delayed off of that back to vice city we go yeah it does look sick though so yeah just quick quick talk for all you gamers out there we couldn't i mean it's literally this a sequel a decade in the making so we couldn't let it go by without at least mentioning it but we are here to talk some football uh let's get right into it first jordan remind the listeners where they can find us on social media you can find us on twitter x at goal underscore line underscore pod and then on instagram it's just the goal line football show all right you ready to get into it yeah let's do it Real quick, let's uh, set the scene. The Bengals are currently in the midst of pulling off a little bit of an upset here, beating the Jags 21-14. to 14. We're at about 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter. What's your thoughts on this one so far tonight, Jordan? Jake Browning looks uh, very Joe Burrow-like tonight. He's slinging the rock. He's 19 up for 21 for like 270 yards at this point, and Jamar Chase just had a 76-yard touchdown, so... I don't know, man. Browning looks good, and uh, the Jags look like the frauds that I thought they were all along. So we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, I've been, I've definitely been high on the Jags. You know, I predicted them to uh, potentially be the number one seed in the AFC before the season started. Trevor Lawrence was my midseason MVP, but yeah, I, I got to keep it real. The more I'm watching them, uh, I think they're just a, a slightly above mediocre football team. Now, we we here on the the goal line, we do subscribe to that old Bill Parcells commandment that you are what your record says you are and as jordan so astutely pointed out to me uh right before we hit the air if they win this game they'll be the one seed in the afc uh, but i don't buy it man just a lot of a lot of shaky parts on this team um they got some good players but it seems like there's just something going on with that scheme or something and it's not clicking uh so we'll see how this one plays out man this definitely be definitely be a red flag losing to a joe burrowless Bengals game Bengals team on monday night yeah not a good look at all from them right now um, so I'm going to start a little different tonight. We got to talk about, uh, the most controversial thing of the entire week, the college football playoff. I know <sighs> this isn't a college show, but dude, we touched on it. We, we dabbled. We have to talk about this. Like, okay. And I said this before they announced it on Sunday morning to a couple of buddies. I said, it's the last year of the 14 playoff. Don't be surprised if they leave Florida State out. And they're like, there's just no way. Like, everything that they've set for precedent up until this year would be completely go out the window if they leave them out. And I'm like, I'm telling you, dude, they're not going to pass up a chance to have Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama in the playoff. Like, dude, it's a fucking ratings dream. 
nobody wants to watch Florida State who couldn't get a first down in the first half of the game the other night until like three minutes left in the first half. So I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts on what, what you think of what, what went down. The the football purist in me thinks that there should be no argument about it. Florida State should go on. They're an ACC team. Went undefeated. Um, did everything you'd asked of them. And I know everybody was harping on how bad the offense looked. Uh, but, dude, the defense, the defense is, is badass, though, man. Yeah, it's elite. yeah, that looks like a national championship defense, man. And, you know, I, the, I think Brock Glenn was the name of that third string that they had in there. They were going to be getting the backup back for the national championship game. There's still a ton of talent down there. You can't tell me they wouldn't be able to craft up a game plan to put some points on the board with, you know, a month of that backup QB getting, uh, getting all the reps at practice. Um, that being said, I think, uh, you know, if, if they're, and the, the one thing I heard, I wasn't super smart on it, man. Um, I've really gotten back into college football big time this year. I was kind of reading the, the criteria and stuff that the selection committee looks at. They said that they're all about picking the four best teams. And I really, from that standpoint, I don't think Florida state had much of an argument, man. Um, they would be double-digit underdogs probably if they faced Alabama at a neutral site next week. And I think if you asked any Michigan fan, player, or coach, if they could pick their opponent and it was either Alabama or Florida State, I think they're picking Florida State 10 times out of 10. So that counts for something too, man. It does feel sleazy, but if the object was to pick the four best teams, I think you needed to have um, – I, I think they kind of got it right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this will make for the most exciting playoff. Is it right? Probably not. Like in, uh, I, I listened to Norvell, who's the head coach of um, Florida State yesterday. I listened to him talk for a little bit, and I mean, dude, he has. They have every right to be pissed, man. They went thirteen and zero in a Power Five conference, which, dude, thirteen and zero in any conference, let alone Power Five, is impressive. They smacked yeah. LSU in the first game, and they were ranked fifth on a neutral in the country. Site. Yeah, on a neutral site, and they were ranked fifth in the country. Like. They went undefeated. Granted, the ACC was down this year, but so was the SEC. I mean, it's just... I think the SEC had a losing record against ACC teams this year uh, when they were showing the stats, man. I think they said something about like the SEC against Power 5 conferences outside of, obviously, SEC games. They had they had a losing record in total this year. So, I don't know, man. It, it's, it's not a good look, but I get why they did it because I think Florida State gets absolutely smoked by any of those four teams that we just mentioned. Like, yeah. I don't think any one of those teams doesn't absolutely demolish them. So I get it. It's going to make for exciting football on uh, December 30th. Dude, talk about a weekend. Saw- talk about an absolute weekend of football, man. The New Year's weekend. Dude, We on December 30th, we get the college football playoffs. December 31st, we get a full Sunday of NFL. And then the, the first, there's a couple college football games, and I think there's either one or two NFL games that day. Like, dude, you want to talk about an absolute treat. I just said Thanksgiving was my favorite weekend of football. Kind of going to be hard <laughs> to argue against that weekend at this point. It's going to be a good one. And I think we got Monday and Tuesday off work, man, because the way the holiday falls this year, dude. So, yeah, it's going to be uh... – Gonna be very nice, man. I dude, so you know I love a good conspiracy theory, man. I saw one thing floated out that the NCAA leaned on the the playoff committee to pick Alabama because they don't want Michigan in the national championship game with all the controversy Jim Harbaugh's had this season. Wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Dude, I couldn't believe the people that were still arguing for Georgia. Like I get it. They hadn't lost in three seasons. 
Dude, that team should have lost at least twice this year. That was not a, as good of a football team as they had been the last two years. I get it, but you can't put a team in that didn't even, that lost their last game they played. Same thing with Ohio State when people were arguing about that. I'm like, dude, you can't lose your last game and get put in the playoff. Like that, that would defeat the entire purpose of it. So I, 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 I think personally just... think they got it right. To me, man, for the most part, like I feel like the fourteen playoff has kind of gotten it right, and there's been minimal controversy over the over the years since uh, since 2014 when they introduced this. But um, but this was the year that they were like their their most hated year. You know, when you have like three, possibly four teams that got a claim because you know because Ohio State definitely had the weakest case, but really you had Georgia, Texas, um, Alabama, and Ohio State as one loss teams that all had, you know, to, to varying degrees, you know, a solid case for getting in the playoffs. So I saw JJ Watt tweeted out. He was like, dude, why didn't they just do an emergency 16 playoff this year? Like, just make it happen. Like who, yeah. who would say no, if that's what they were going to do, you know? Dude, next year is just going to be so much sweeter though. When we get 12 teams, like I, I agree. I, I'm just it's hard to, it's hard to shed too many tears for that number 13 team that gets left out as opposed to number five, you know, the only way it's going to get screwed up and they'll find some way to leave one of these teams out. Like Liberty this year would have been the 12 seed in the playoff. And I, I get it, man. People don't want to watch those teams get shellacked, but dude, oh, man, I want to see them. You it. never know. Dude, dude. Yeah. Boise state and, and Oklahoma is a perfect example. Remember when Boise state beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta yeah, bowl. That and was, that's one of the most memorable college football games ever, dude. Think Statue about um, Liberty play. Yes, dude. Think about 2007 uh, opening week. Appalachian state beats Michigan, who I think was like number three or number four in the country, man. Like, yeah, dude, the majority of times are going to get beat, but you know, to quote Rick Moranis on little giants, all it takes is one time, dude, you know, just one time for you to beat them. And I think it'd be fun, man. Like, yeah, I, I hope that they put something in there. Like if you go undefeated, you will be in the playoff. Yeah, they they need to make sure those teams get a chance because I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. Those those teams deserve a shot. And dude, what is it harming anyway? Like if they're a 12 seed, they got to play a fifth seed. So the fifth seed should smack them anyway. And then if they don't, dude, we just had probably the greatest week in a college football ever. If they don't like I, I just yeah. don't get it, man. I, I don't get the the hesitancy to include those teams and. I'm glad we get it next year because I think it's going to be fun. Those first round games at the home sites are going to be awesome. So I'm really looking forward to next year. Do you think Colorado will be in the playoff with the 12 team field? No, (laughs) I think Colorado might, if if they're lucky, they'll win six games next year, dude. Have you seen the mass exodus of Colorado right now? Like everybody's rose is off the bloom for sure. And then Dion's uh, 12 year girlfriend left him today. So like, dude, everybody's leaving Dion. Dion's down bad right now. Down horrendous. All right, we'll move into the NFL now. Um, We're going to start with the Thursday night game. I feel like we get lost on the Thursday night game a lot of times. I I feel like we don't discuss it enough because it's it's been so long ago. Got to discuss that game, dude. That game was probably... That was, I'm just going to say that was the best Thursday night game they've ever had. Like that was the most exciting Thursday night game they've, they've ever had. I was into it from start to finish. Considering I thought that game was going to be a massacre, just made it so much better. Um, uh, Seahawks played tough. DK Metcalf balled out, dude. I remember that that crosser he caught and broke off in the open field. You know, Sheena, my wife Sheena, she barely watches football at all, but she happened to be walking through the living room when that play happened. And even she stopped and was like, whoa, seeing how fast this freaking giant is moving. Dude, 
it's just man, just talking about uh, DK Metcalf, and I'm thinking about AJ Brown too. Back to college. How did football. Ole Miss ever yeah. lose a game, dude? They weren't even any good. Like no, seriously, like terrible. how is that possible? If you put those two guys in the NFL right now, teams would be crying out for collusion, man, for it being too powerful in the NFL. Like, I don't know if they're both just kind of late bloomers or what, man. But dude, I just I do not understand. That's something that's perplexed me for the last three years. Like, how was Ole Miss not just fucking dominating with those two guys on the field at the same time? Should have been world beaters for sure, but. Yeah, um, that game Thursday night, fantastic. Dak continues to ball out. Um, Gotta show love to him. I mean, last week I said they still hadn't beaten a winning team with a winning record. Well, they knocked the Seahawks back down to 500. So they beat a team with a winning record. It was a it was a good game. Their defense looked god awful, though. I don't know what the hell happened to Dallas's defense in that game. They were just. I think Seahawks just came out with a good game plan, man. It, it, I mean, dude, those plays DK Metcalf was making like. That was just fucking man on man. He was winning the battles. You yeah, know what I mean? The, it wasn't like he was running wide open or nothing. Dude, the wild thing, though, is Deron Bland was like, I mean, he was in line for defensive player of the year before that game <laughs> <No>. started. <laughs> he looks like he'd be working it in and out, dude, dude by, the, uh, by the end of the season. They, I'm judging that one, man. They, they cooked his ass. They just threw every pass at him all game. He gave up like 220 yards receiving in that game. He did get a pick again, so I mean... I guess there's that. He did jump that one route, but wasn't good for him. But yeah, it was the a corners, dude. Inter- I, you know, I think interceptions are a really good stat for safety. Sometimes for corners, man, that interception stat can be misleading because you might get some, but that also that means that they're probably targeting you a lot. You know, like that year when Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs. Diggs led the league, he also had some of the you know some of the worst ratings for man to man coverage. But you know, if teams try, are trying you enough, and you you know these guys are world class athletes, they're going to get the picks, but. But yeah, man, Duran Bland, you're right, dude. Bland was having an amazing season so far, and that was very, very bad with all eyes on him. Was I the only one that was watching that game and wondering where Micah Parsons was? Like, there was a couple of times I'm like, is this dude even playing right now? Like, how the fuck did the Seahawks, who have like a middle of the pack to bottom third of the league offensive line, just completely shut down Parsons? And it wasn't like Geno wasn't dropping back to throw enough. Like, they ran the ball whenever they wanted to. Like Charbonnet looked like a horse in that game. I mean, I just I don't know, man. I I'm starting to get these these feelings like the Cowboys really are gonna end up losing their first round playoff game. They're gonna go they're gonna end up losing four games all year and end up losing in the first round to the NFC South team, which It'd be the most Cowboys thing ever, man, to lose to a freaking nine and eight NFC South team. I I could totally see it from here. Yeah. Parsons definitely has had some games where um yeah he kind of just disappears man i don't know if he's nursing some injuries that we don't know about or if there's you know if if offensive coordinators have cracked the code for for slowing that guy down because yeah first two or three weeks of the season he was looking like he was going to be unstoppable this year uh and yeah there's some weeks where you you can't find him if you're watching the games which is weird man because like when you watch him out there he just looks like he should be a difference maker like when you see guys like him and bosa and all those guys like it's just kind of amazing how they don't end up in like the quarterback slap every other play. I mean, especially when he's get he wasn't even getting doubled either was the craziest part. Like, I don't know. I just, it was a fun game to watch, but it gave me all the, oh my God, did they really just do that? What was he doing, he dude? So the Bengals right go for him. the trickeration. That looked like something my five-year-old flag football team kids would do, man. <laughs> what like, was that play call even? 
And they've been moving the ball fine all night. Why do you go for the trickeration right there? Who was that that just threw that pass back? I think it was Taj Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. You're thinking of Taj Boyd from Clemson. Fun player to watch. Yeah. That was bad. Let's see what happened here. It is Tyler Boyd. Dude, what what do you even see on this play? There's nobody there. He didn't even see the guy. I think they were doing like a QB throwback and he was going to throw it again. I don't know what was going on, but it was poor, poorly conceived and even worse execution. Uh, It was supposed to go back to Mixon, And if they complete that, it's going to go for a while. (sighs) Good Lord. All right, man. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Hey, one other person I want to talk about on the Cowboys, dude, he does not get nearly the fanfare that, that Tyreek Hill or AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson get. But dude, CD Lamb's right there in the conversation with them, man. That dude is just putting up numbers, man. Like he has been quietly crushing it all season long. So, you know, gotta give a tip of the cap to him, dude. He's he's right up there in the mix with the absolute creme de la creme of uh of wide receivers in this league. If it wasn't for Tyreek, he'd be the best receiver in the league right now. But Tyreek, what he's doing right now is just I, I don't even know how to explain what Tyreek is doing. Dude. It's yeah. Yeah, C.D. Lamb kind of reminds me, uh, you know, maybe a, a step down from like prime Julio Jones, you know, tall, muscular guy, the way he's out there doing it. Tyreek Hill, we've never seen anything like that, man. We've seen speed guys before, but never with the the route running acumen and the the ability to do the deep ball. I feel like a lot of like the super duper speed guys like that, man, are like they're kind of one dimensional, you know, think like Deshaun Jackson, like he, he was a, a hell of a player, one of the best deep threats ever, but he just did not have the variety of routes and, and you know, ways to get him the football that they have with Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah. Tyreek's crushing it, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, second story, obviously got to lead into this one. 49ers just absolutely dismantling the Eagles. The, so I didn't get to see a lot of this game cause I was at, um, the Creighton Nebraska game yesterday Dude, when I saw that the Eagles got the ball all the way down into 49ers territory right away in the first quarter and came with a field goal both times, I looked at everybody, I was like, that is not going to end well for them. I feel like if they scored touchdowns on those two first two drives, it would have completely deflated the Niners. But, dude, settling for field goals down inside the five twice is not good. So, yeah, not yeah, much really like the Niners. Good. Yeah, then you know we talked about it last week on the picks, man. I said I think this game's going to just going to mean a lot more for the Niners. The Eagles had to be a little bit fatigued. That was their, you know, third or fourth straight big game in a relatively short period of time. Just the way some of the uh, the dates on their games were playing out, man. Um, and yeah, it was like you know the the Niners came out there, dude. They took the Eagles' best punch right there in the first quarter, and they slowly shook it off and just you know they reeled off six straight touchdown drives, man. Brock Purdy looked incredible Debo Samuel crushed them like I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a repeat of that at all if these teams face off in January but I definitely think it was a wake-up call for the Eagles like because you know the Niners been talking a lot of shit dude the Niners have been chirping since that NFC championship game if we had a quarterback we would have beat y'all and they went in Philly and freaking backed it up yesterday yeah I I agree with you I think a little bit of that was Eagles fatigue and dude they are doing them no favors man now this weekend they flex the Sunday night game them into the Sunday night game, and then next week they flex them into the Monday night game. Like, yeah, dude, that's got to wear on you at some point. Like, yeah, everybody you can't help wants you to. Out. Everybody wants to play in prime time. I get it. You should want to play in prime time. The problem is though, it, it throws off your schedule so much when you're not doing any noon games or afternoon games in there. Like, dude, they're playing all their games at night. It's just. 
Yeah, it's sometimes crazy. a Sunday noon game is just what you need, man. A nice routine game. And we talked about it, you know, really after that first four or five weeks, dude, the Eagles kind of became that team that they're getting everybody's best shot, whether it's a, a Super Bowl contender like the Niners or a team like the Commanders, man. Like they're, Philly is a team that you're getting up for when you face them. So, yeah, I think they got a little bit of fatigue, man. You know, hopefully for the, for them, they can they can hold on to that one seed because I think they're definitely going to need the bye to, to rest up a little bit for that final push to a potential Super Bowl again. The other thing about them that I don't understand and just a little bit of it that I saw, I feel like their offense, when when they can't run the ball, I feel like they, they don't trust Jalen Hurts enough to throw it. And it seems like they settle for short passes and they just want DK, or not DK, but AJ Brown or uh, Devonta Smith just to do everything. I, I don't know, man. They just got too many guys on that team for them to rely on that, like, Dude, trust your quarterback that you've invested your entire future in and just let him make plays that he knows how to make. It just it seems like Sirianni puts a leash on him way too much and it just completely kills their offense. I I don't know. I've noticed it the past couple games. I noticed it in the Kansas City game too. It's just like they don't want unless the game is completely on the line, they don't want him to do more than they think he's capable of, which I think is a mistake because Jalen Hurts is a stud, man. Yeah, it was a uh, rough game for sure, man. They got bullied a little bit. They were getting knocked around and just, yeah, very, very physical, dominating performance from the Niners. I still think the Eagles are fine, though. Like, everybody's, like, talking like we, we should write off the Eagles. I'm like, they're 10-2 and two with the hardest schedule in the NFL by, like, a mile. Like, they, they have the hardest schedule, and it's not even close to the team that's in second. So they just played four really, really good teams in a row. A little bit of fatigue. They'll be. They're going to be fine. I think. Are I'm, you officially back in the Brock Purdy fan club? Because you were kind of off Brock Purdy there for a while. He's so dude. They that is a team that they just utilize their players so well, man. Like Kyle Shanahan, just love him or hate him, the dude just utilizes his team better than almost anybody. He he knows what what to do and what not to do. Um, I mean, when you have McCaffrey to lean on, it helps a lot and it opens up the defense a lot, dude. And Samuel Debo had not played a really good game all season until yesterday. That dude was ready to go. And yeah, man, that, that team's really good and Brock's leading them. So I, I, I can't say that I'm not impressed with what they did yesterday because it was incredible. Dude, did you know that Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft? No, I'd never heard that. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I think we need to petition the networks. Like, dude, let's just retire it, man. Like, if they make the Super Bowl, you can bring it up again then, dude. But I'm so sick of hearing that every single time. Like, yeah, it's it was cool, dude. But we've had a season and a half of this guy. Let's let it go, man. Let's uh, just move on. Look at what he's doing now. Yeah, I feel like I've heard it. I feel like I heard it a dozen times every Niners game about him being the last pick in the draft last season. Okay, Um Next thing to talk about, and I feel like we, ha oh shit, I feel like we have to talk about it, dude, the Chiefs. I, I've been saying for a couple weeks, man, I don't think this is the same team, and they did it again last night, dude. Like, I don't think Green Bay is this good. Like, I, I everybody's like, oh, maybe we just all underrated Green Bay. Like, I think Green Bay is okay, but they lost to Atlanta, for God's sakes. I mean, yeah, Green Bay they had absolutely... their best game of the season, but yeah, the Chiefs are just... They're, they have no, know, he, he doesn't trust anybody on that team, man. He literally trusts no one on that team. And that includes Kelsey at this point. Like there, yeah, there was a couple of times he, big time. he looked Kelsey off a couple of times last night to throw it to MVS or Rasheed Rice. And 
Obviously, that didn't end well. And then that Mahomes pick that he threw in the fourth quarter, which I have no idea what he saw on that play because he literally threw it right to the defender. It's just, I don't know, man. There's a lot of things about the Chiefs this year that we've just never seen before with Mahomes being the quarterback. Last night was another example of it. I just, I don't know, man. I I think they have a – their defense is still good enough to to keep them in games for the offense to get going. I just don't think the offense is going to get going because they don't have that threat to go deep and beat you over the top. Like, dude, nobody's scared of MVS. That dude drop a bowl of soup in the kitchen. Like, he can't catch the ball. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking a little bit, but Pacheco looked really good last night running the ball. Um, but outside of that, man, I thought the Chiefs offense looked miserable last night. They've broke 30 points four times so far this season, man. That and they haven't like done it in the thing. last. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, they used to be by like halftime, man. A uh, ton of just uh, talent decay on offense around Mahomes. Like they've just let, let people go. And, you know, maybe it's by design beefing up the defense because the defense is definitely better. Uh, they're still going to be a tough out, but dude, they're going to be going on the road, man. Like they're going to have to win some road games and they've typically had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think what, haven't we had the last five AFC championships have been played in Arrowhead? Yeah. And man, that's not even to mention the game they got to play this week. Like it's a do or die game for both teams this weekend. Like we we got, those are going to be in desperation mode and they're off of a buy. And I don't know. I think the chiefs are in a little bit of trouble. Honestly, I don't, the only good thing for them is the Jaguars are about to be in first place possibly. So like how terrifying is the AFC really? I still think Baltimore is really good. Um, dude, I still would not want to play the dolphins either. Like it, it comes out nah, of playoff they're dangerous, time. man, man, the uh, the good the other good thing the Chiefs got going. I don't think they really got to worry about anybody in their division. We saw the Broncos their their winning streak got ended yesterday by the Texans. Uh, so I think they still got a two game lead in the division. So they're going to have a home playoff game to kind of ease into things. But yeah, dude, like you're really counting on. It seems like they're really more than ever. They're banking on Patrick Mahomes to you know go in the phone booth and throw on the Superman cape and and lead the way. And it's we haven't seen it enough this season, man, to believe it can happen. He can't do it. I don't think it has anything to do with him. I don't think he's played fantastic football all year, but it has more to do with everybody that's around him. Like he can't yeah. count on anybody. I, I did say this like a month ago that I thought Kelsey was declining. Taylor Swift was there last night and he showed me nothing to <laughs> determine that he was not declining. Like it's weird, man. It's just so weird to watch this dude who are so used to being just out of this world. Great. Just kind of be, average in a lot of these games like you just don't even know he's on the field half the time it's weird yeah he's just a you know replacement level tight end pretty much whereas he has been you know one of the top five wide receivers in the league most years all right i got some notes and then we're going to do two things at the end um just kind of wrap up this segment uh as far as notes go dolphins just absolutely must see tv i mean their offense with hn mostert hill and waddle is just Absolutely incredible to watch too when he's on, phenomenal. So, yeah, they're uh, they are definitely must see TV. They still got Chase Claypool in the mix too, dude. You know, dude, right. you know they got, you know they're working on something, bro. You know they got some sort of package of plays, man. At this point, I think they're saving it for the playoffs, dude. Secret weapon style, man. But the dude, as much of a, a shit bag as he is, the dude was definitely an explosive playmaker when he was on the field with the Steelers. Yeah, you can't tell me that they're not cooking up something, uh, you know, in practice under wraps right now. Have you watched any of the in season 
hard knocks with the dolphin jet. Uh, I've seen some of the highlights and stuff on uh, on Twitter, man. You know, McDaniel is just hilarious. How, can, dude? He is the most likable head coach of all time, probably. Like he he just doesn't care. He just kind of goes out there and just does his Very thing. Chill. I love yeah. that about him, man. It makes it if makes I, that I team really uh, easy to like. I think he's like tailor made to deal with like the generation of players coming into the league right now. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, me and Jordan, we're both, you know, mid to late thirties. So we're kind of, it's like the generation behind us. I think he's the perfect coach for him, man. I think unless you're somebody like Belichick, that's already got the resume built up. I don't think like the drill sergeant routine is going to be working with, with people nowadays. I, you know, I'm in the military. I see it with the people coming in the military now. Like you can't be that hard ass, man. You're, nope. you know, approachability is really the name of the game. Now, if you're going to be any sort of leader of young men and this dude's got it down pat, Smart man, he's really smart. He he uh, engages his players. He relates with them. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, and he's creative, you know, creative guy on offense. Man, they got they got some really cool looking plays. Stuff that they're looks different watch. from what the other teams are doing. They're they're really fun to watch. Uh, same division. Dude, I mean, at this point, like, are we not in full agreement that the Patriots have to move on from Belichick? Like, he looks clueless out there at this point. Yeah, I think so, man. I think he's just, I think he's kind of just lost the thread, man. I I would I love Belichick, man. I wouldn't mind seeing him maybe go out and get a swan song, go, you know, fucking go get paid one more time. Lord knows he's earned it, dude. Maybe head out, take over the Chargers, you know what I mean? Give him give him one last run with a roster that's built up to see if if he still got it, but yeah, dude, it's time for a fresh voice, a fresh philosophy up there in New England cuz they're looking like the worst team in the league, man. I know we're we're going to get the you know, race for number 1. Panthers got the worst record, but I see a hell of a lot more fight and spark out of the Panthers than I do out of the Patriots. Yeah. Um, right in that same Patriots uh, ballpark. The Patriots are the first team since 1938 to lose three straight games while allowing 10 or fewer points. Wow, that is bad, dude. That is so yeah. bad. Horrible. Um, last note, Josh Peterson became the first player tonight to play for his dad, who is the head coach since 1978. So pretty cool stat. That is pretty cool, man. Love the uh, nepotism, man. All right, uh, we're going to introduce now that we're moving later and later into the season, uh, playoff picture. So um, I figure we'll we'll do this every week now because we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Um, why don't you go ahead and run down the standings for us, Seth, one through seven. All right. You want to start AFC or NFC? We'll start on AFC. Okay. We will assume the Jaguars are going to hang on to win this game. They're leading by a touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter, and they should be the better team. So that's going to put – I don't know how these tiebreakers are going to work. We'll the one put seed. NFL – what's that? They would be the one seed as long as they win tonight. Okay. So the, okay, so if Jack, we'll assume Jacksonville wins. So they get the bye. That's going to leave us with the first-round matchup, the Dolphins and the Browns in Miami. I think Browns are fading, man. Browns may end up fading right on out of the picture. I think Dolphins – well, I just don't think the Browns can put up enough points, man. I mean, you already got that wrong. If the Dolphins are the two seed, they would play the Colts, but it's okay. <laughs> no, the Browns are the seven seed. The two seed plays the seven seed. The seven seed right now, according to what I'm looking at, is the Colts. I'm on NFL.com. I think that's pretty good, reputable site. They got the Colts at seven, and the or they got the Browns at seven, and the Colts at six. Hmm, that's odd. Okay, we'll go with that. That's fine. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, Miami's not losing first round no matter who they play. That's in the bottom three. All right, then we would have the three seed Ravens playing the six seed Colts. 
I think Colts would give them a run for their money, but Ravens still got too much, man. It's kind of amazing how under the radar it's went, how well Lamar has played this year. Like, it really is. Like, if you look at his stats, like, you don't hear anything about him this year, but he's played excellent. So, yeah, I'd go with the Ravens in that game. Colts been damn good too, dude. Colts have won yeah. four straight games. They're man. Tough. I, I watched that whole game yesterday against Titan. Shout out to our boy Hawk, man. I got invited to go to that game yesterday, but my uh my parents were down celebrating uh my daughter's birthday. So watched it from here at the house. But dude, that, that was a damn good game on both sides, man. As a Titans fan, I thought that game that's kind of like exactly what I want the rest of the season, like hard fought losses. You know what I mean? Give yeah. me enough to uh give me something to be hopeful for for the future, but let's keep bumping that draft draft position up. And it was a really, really entertaining game. Um, but yeah, the Colts are playing some damn good football. Uh, and then the last matchup again, we talked about the chiefs being able to ease into the playoffs. They would be hosting the Steelers for the wild card. There is zero chance the Steelers end up in the playoffs at this point, man. That team is so bad. Um, yeah, they're fading hard, but yeah, Kansas city would roll the Steelers. So that would leave us with the Chiefs and the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Dude, I think, you know, the Chiefs do with Andy Reid, man. It seems like shit always breaks their way, and that would be a super easy path. Could you imagine getting Pittsburgh first and then Jacksonville on the road to to get to the AFC Championship after the season they've had? Isn't that the exact same road that they had last year? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, they played Steelers round one last year and then got the Jags at home. So, yeah, pretty lucky for them. All right, and then the uh, and that would leave us with the Dolphins and the Ravens in Miami. Dude, I might I might be I a think Ravens beat them, dude. I might be a prisoner at the moment right now, but I'd go Dolphins in that game, honestly. They're hot, dude. I mean, and the thing about their offense, dude, like you could hit five plays you know what i mean like they're high risk high reward dude. you could hit on five plays and have 27 30 points on the board man um even if the rest of the time it's it's you know ass dude but i don't know man i feel like two is still i'm not gonna say he's fragile but i feel like you can knock him off his game and i think the ravens got the defense to do it so i think the ravens would win okay all right so you would have miami and kc in miami for the afc championship i'd have baltimore and KC, and I think it'd be the end of the line for Kansas City. So I think I got Baltimore coming out of the AFC as of this week. As of today, like, and I, I do think the playoff picture is going to completely change. Obviously, like, I don't yeah. think that we're just the, we'll, we'll go through this each week, and it'll be kind of fun seeing how the the different matchups end up lining up. I, I'm going with the way they're playing right now, dude, and I'd go with the Dolphins over the Chiefs the way they're playing right now. I mean, I'm not that saying, would be a ton of fun. I'm not saying I think Miami's going to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying based on what I'm watching right now, I think the Dolphins are better than the Chiefs right now. I feel you. I'd be rooting for him hard, man. We've been following Tua since he was in high school uh, back in Hawaii, man. So, yeah, we would definitely be uh, rooting for, for the Dolphins to do it. But I don't know. I still worry about him, man. Yeah. All right, over in the NFC, you still got the Eagles as the one seed. Uh, but they got a huge you know, game coming up on, on Sunday against the Cowboys. So we'd have the Niners hosting the Packers in San Francisco. That'd be an absolute slaughter, I believe. Oh, my God. That game would be a massacre. Lions and Vikings in Detroit. As much as Detroit loves to seem to let their fans down, I think Detroit gets the win. Who would the Lions be playing against? The Vikings. Oh, yeah. Vikings are the sixth seed in the NFC right now. Lions would win. You got the Rams and the Seahawks both sitting at six and six right on the outside looking in, man. I think either one of those teams are dangerous, dude. McVay's a hell of a coach. 
Matt Stafford can put it together for one game, man. You know what I mean? One one game, he's got to give his best effort. That's not a guy you want to be lining up against, uh, even though he's definitely far from what he used to be. The Rams and are getting hot. We know hot. what the Seahawks are. Yeah, the Rams are getting really hot right now. Yeah, I would not want to. I mean, that's a super. I mean, they won the Super Bowl, you know, two seasons ago, dude. Like they're in Stafford. They still got Sean McVay. He's still as sharp as he's ever been, man. You know, they got some good receivers. Yeah, I would not want to. That would be a very, very, uh, very, very pesky team to have to face for your first playoff game. Yeah, agreed. Last one. We got the six and six Falcons would be hosting the Cowboys. I think the Falcons win, man. I think it would just, dude, call me crazy, man. I think the Cowboys would come in. I don't know if it'd be overconfidence, nerve, some combination of the two. I think the Falcons would would find a way to get it done, man. <laughs> You're braver than me. Being the pessimist Falcons fan that I am, I, am, I think they'd, <laughs> they'd get beat. I don't think it would be a blowout because the Falcons defense is playing way better now. But I, I don't think they could beat them. I mean, I would love to Dude, see Dude, the it. one, the shitty thing about if it ends up being the Cowboys that the Falcons host, you know Cowboys are taking over that fucking stadium, dude. Well, dude, I'm, look at the two options. It's either going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles if they fall off. Yeah, so I mean, either one of them, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. I feel like the Eagles, you'd have less of a presence, but the Cowboys, I, there's just there'd be a, there'd be a ton of fans traveling in and a ton of Cowboys. There's a ton of Cowboys fans everywhere. Definitely a ton in Atlanta. I just I feel like the home field advantage that's kind of been weak ever since they got they moved out of the Georgia Dome, anyways. But I feel like it would completely go away uh, if you end up hosting the Cowboys there. Yeah. All right. So second round, you would have the Cowboys and the Eagles in Philly. I would have the Falcons and Eagles in Philly, which I think the Eagles absolutely destroy them. I think we're both going Eagles either way here. All right. And then Niners and the Lions in San Francisco. I think the Niners roll. I think that game would be fun. But yeah, that this is where the storybook season comes to an end for the Lions. I feel like to me the Lions, dude. This season, I feel like they're like they're like the middleweight champions, right? Like they're real. They're, they're like the absolute best of the class of teams, right below the true Super Bowl contenders. That's kind of where I got them pegged out at. Uh, if if yeah, they get here, here's what the Lions need to focus on this offseason. They need to get two more cornerbacks. They they desperately need two corners, and they gotta replace Jared Goff with somebody who's better than Jared Goff, dude. I. Like I said, I like Jared Goff, but are you really trusting Jared Goff when the rubber meets the road? I just, I don't think you are. Let's put Zach Wilson in the Honolulu Blue. Oh for my next God, season. disgusting. That'd be worse. They, that would be beautiful, man. I'll tell you <laughs> what, dude, if the Lions keep on winning, man, they could fuck around and get the one seed, yeah. which who knows, dude? That means you get, that means you got to win two home games, dude. If you get that one seed, all you got to do is win two home games and you're in the Super Bowl. I could see that it'd still be a little bit of a, I wouldn't be picking them, but I could definitely see it happening if, if it works out. Um, but yeah, we'd have the Niners winning. So that would have, I think we both have San Fran and Philly really? rematch from last season. I think San Francisco beats them again, man. I saw, I think it's a lot closer than what we saw on Sunday, but I saw a lot, dude. And assuming that the Niners are fully healthy, I think there's nothing stopping them from winning the Super Bowl this year. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to finally get it done. He's not even going to fuck around with a lead in the fourth quarter. He's going to make sure he's losing going into the fourth quarter so he does not have a fourth quarter lead to blow this time in the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it, dude. See, dude, I feel like that game yesterday was the Niners' biggest game of the season, and I think that they just had full motivation going into that game. I, True. I just did – I. I have just I have this feeling that doing that game again 
if if it is in Philly, I just don't think Philly loses to him twice in Philly. Like I said, dude, that game was two absolutely blown drives away at the beginning of that game from being 14 to zero. And I think if they go up 14 to zero, that game never gets to that point. I just, I feel like if they go up 14 zero, they're riding all the momentum and that game's not close at that point. So I don't know, man, I, I'm not giving up on Philly. I still think they're the best team in the NFL. It's a coin toss game. I think that would be the de facto Super Bowl, man. If it yeah, ends well, up with those two in the conference championship, as good as the Ravens teams. have been. Yeah, I think that the Eagles and the Niners are in a class by themselves. Just the the great job that both those front offices are doing, just accumulating on uh, talent, hitting on draft pick after draft pick, man. Like, those teams are just fucking loaded. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. All right, we ready to get into picks? Yeah. All right, it looks like the Bengals either have just tied it up or are about to tie it up here on uh, Monday Night Football, man. Let's get a quick uh, live pick, 28 to 28 with about nine minutes. Or it's, see, we'll see what happens here, dude. 28 to 21 with the Bengals at the goal line, about nine minutes to go, man. What's your prediction for final score on this game? As mediocre as I think they are, the Jags find a way. I think they win. Yeah. 35 i'll say 35 28 i'm gonna i'm gonna co-sign that man i'll I'll give you 35 28 jags win all right let's get into week 14 oh i hate saying that number all right first off thursday night football hold on five years ago man hold on hold on you're jumping the gun bud we gotta see how we did last week oh my bad my bad so i'm so excited to get into these picks dude let's hear it all right. Well, I shouldn't have been excited, and I should have let you continue and not tell you one last week. So the only two games that me and you differed on was the Rams and Browns and the Eagles and Niners, and you picked the two right teams in those games. So you went 10-2, and two, I went 8-4. and four. So on the season, that brings us to Seth with six wins, Jordan with three, and four ties. Bro, I'm closing in on wrapping this thing up, dude. I mean, I have nothing to play for these last couple of weeks, dude. You are closing in. I'm going to start taking some risks. (laughs) Week 14, man. Uh, Again, five years ago, this game would have absolutely been a ratings bonanza. There's zero chance it would have ended up on Thursday night football. This would have been, you know, a Sunday night, Monday night game. But it is what it is in 2023. We got the Patriots traveling to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. Oh, my God. That's really the Thursday night game this week. Jesus. Oh boy! I mean, I'm going Steelers, but with about zero I think confidence. It's oh, and shoe ugly, bro. I'm I'm picking like eight to six or something like that for the final score. Well, that would be that would mean that the Patriots have set a record of their own four straight games allowing ten or less points and losing all four games. Maybe maybe two to zero. Maybe the Steelers get a safety. Maybe the Steelers get like a blocked punt out of the back of the end zone, and that's the only scoring for the game. We get a two to zero slobber night. It's going to be a baseball score though. I'd be willing to bet. All right, who do you got? Steelers. Yeah, there's no way, dude. There's just as ba- as mediocre as I think the Steelers are, the Patriots are the worst team in the NFL right now. Dude, one quick note on this, so there's at least something interesting to talk about for this game. Has there ever been an all-time downgrade of a stadium name from the Steelers going from Heinz Field to a Crisier Stadium? No, that is an absolute I get it. It's money wise, but that is absolutely god awful. 
Yeah, and I mean, dude, I know Heinz, that was a corporate sponsor also, but at least it's Heinz, right? That's like an all-American brand. It's got a little bit of je ne sais quoi. You know, Heinz Field just sounds cool. You got the giant ketchup bottle there at the stadium. Who even knows what a cruiser is? I think it's like a health insurance or like a medical supply company or something, man. Like, it just, uh, dude, I don't know why they, like, what's going on, Heinz? Like, seriously, you you couldn't do us a solid and just keep it going? Or how about even better? How about another Pennsylvania company, Hershey, steps up and buys the naming rights? Like, dude, come on. Anything is better than what they got now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you got, you got, like, I, I'm, I've gotten used to the, you know, we're never going to have, you know, War Memorial Stadium or Veteran Stadium anymore. Like, Soldier Field's about, like, the last one standing there in Chicago. Um, but yeah, dude, if you're going to get a corporate sponsor, at least get one that sounds good. Like, you know, the Titans, man, it's Nissan Stadium. That sounds okay, right? Yeah, like, fun. I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm like gagging every time I say that when, you know, the Falcons got Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Like, yeah, it's that that's cool, dude. But, uh, you know, Dolphins got hard rock. Uh, yeah. But yeah, going from Heinz Field to a Cruiser, just horrible, man. I just had to express some feelings on that. Hey, before we move out of this game, too, we got to talk about the fact that Anytime that Seth Phelps puts his name to you as a quarterback, you're going to be dog shit in the NFL. <laughs> Bailey Zappi first and Zach Wilson. Like, dude, yeah. <laughs> these two guys yeah. have I'm no really building chance. up. I'm building up a roster of, of D-plus quarterbacks. <laughs> with, with Josh like, McDaniels yeah. as the head coach. <laughs> yeah, man. Zappy, dude. I, I still think it's the overall situation, dude. Is that you can't you can't look at the body of work that Zappy had in college and tell me that dude can't play, but he definitely did himself and me no favors uh, on Sunday. So yeah, I'm happy to admit when I was wrong, and I was definitely wrong <laughs> on uh, you know you want to win, put Zappy in. Yeah, that ain't good. All right, we got an NFC showdown at noon on Sunday. The the Suckaneers heading to Atlanta to face the Falcons. I think the Falcons let the good times roll. They had a Freaking dog shit, ugly win against the Jets. But hey, a win's a win. It's not, luckily we don't have the playoff committee in the NFL. And uh, I think the Falcons continue to roll, man. Get another one. Yeah, I, I think they're just, I don't think what they're doing on offense is any like world beating things. But here's the thing they did play an absolute dog shit game. It was pouring down rain the entire game in New York. And yeah, they found a way to win. And that's what you got to do sometimes. Jets' defense is tough. So, they won. Um, but yeah, I'm going Falcons as well. I just think the Falcons are playing so much better than anybody else in the South right now. Not that that's saying much because the rest of the NFC South is dog shit. And uh, but yeah, it does. It's feeling more and more like the Falcons are going to be the ones to emerge out of this kind of cloud of smoke in the NFC South. And hats off to them, dude. It's been a rough season, man. Been a lot of coaching issues. They survived some quarterback turmoil, but here they are. We're in December and they're playing meaningful football. Dude. The other thing is, is before the season started, all anybody could talk about was Derek Carr going to the Saints and how much better that was going to make them. I think he made them worse somehow. Bro, like, put Jameis in, man. Start Jameis. He is playing this week. Derek Carr's hurt. Nice. Good on him, man. All right, let's get to our next game. We got the 7-5 and five Colts heading to face the... We'll see what their record is, but facing the Bengals, uh, I think the Colts are going to get the win, dude, and can't make it five straight dubs. Yeah, I'm going Colts as well. We have the eight and three, as of right now, Jaguars heading into Cleveland to face the Browns. Dude, the Jaguars are less than impressive, but I feel like the Browns are dropping like a rock right now, man. I think I think the Jags go in there and get the win. This is the battle of mid. Like, yeah, neither it's be one, mid-off. <laughs> neither one of them is good, but... 
One team's got a quarterback, though. Yeah, I'm going Jags as well. All right, the seven and five Texans at the four and eight, possibly Zach Wilson led Jets. I say Texans win. Texans should roll the Jets this week. It came out that it's it's injury concerns. That's what Zach Wilson's worried about. He's afraid he's going to get hurt playing behind that O line on that offense, which fair concern. But I don't think he's earned the right to be worried about no. injuries. I think Zach Wilson is definitely in the camp that if they're offering you some clock, like go and take it, bro. It doesn't matter if there's an offensive line there or not. If they're offering you to start quarterback in the NFL, you go play. That's not a good look for him moving forward at all. Like, oh, the offensive no. line's not very good. I mean, I get it. The team did just basically tell him that he wasn't good enough to play, and now. Three weeks later, they want to be their quarterback again. I get it's frustrating, but dude, this is the NFL and everyone's watching every week. And if you're telling them that you don't want to play for fear of injury, sorry, man, this might be the end of the line for you at that point. We talked about this with Deshaun Watson when he was having his stuff going on earlier, dude. You can't have bitch assness at the quarterback position, man. You can get away with bitch assness at running back, at DB. You can have a ton of bitch assness if you're a wide receiver. <laughs> but if you're a quarterback, you got to be one of the toughest sons of bitches on the team. Am I lying, dude? No, dude. It doesn't matter if your line can't block or not. You go out there and you play every week Fucking until strap you're it up, dude. You stand tall. Yeah. And here's the thing, dude. Zach Wilson, you know, I know we clown about me being so high on him. He's made enough stuff like flash plays and like really impressive throws and runs and stuff. I think all he needs to do is have one or two half-assed decent games down the stretch. And he's going to get a solid contract for somebody this off season, man. I think there's still enough there that one of these 32 teams are going to be dumb enough to pay him to either come in and compete for a starting job or be a high priced backup, man. So, you know, dude, go get, go earn yourself another contract, dude. Like get out there and play. <laughs> dude. The funny thing is, you said he's made enough highlight plays and stuff. He's also made some throws where I was wondering if he was blind or not. Yeah, but you know, dude, you know how NFL GMs are, dude. They oh, yeah. they want to believe, man, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, dude. They, they, they're looking for a reason to say yes when it comes to a quarterback because they know it's easy to sell the owner on that kind of thing to buy yourself some extra time. I agree, man. I, I've seen enough that I think he's just got some sort of – I don't know if it's like a field vision thing or something going on in his head, dude. He's got this – that uh that self-destructive like thing man is just like clicks at the worst times for him um yeah yeah. and he's just you can't trust him with the game on the line he's gonna turn that ball over he can't help it it's just in his nature i can't Uh, but i I do think he could i can't wait till week one of the nfl season next year when i get to watch the falcons either start trey lance or zach wilson at quarterback which is what all falcons fans wanted like three years ago and we drafted Pitts, who's a complete (laughs) bust but they may be able to have both of them dude they might be able to have Justin Fields too. Why not just make it three for three and just have fucking there three guys that can't throw the ball on the field at the same time? <laughs> fucking line them all up all like a diamond formation in the backfield. The defense will never know what's coming. They can all run. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's see what happens. <laughs> all right, we got this. Should be a pretty good game. I don't think the winner's too much in doubt, though. We got the six and six Rams heading into Baltimore to face the Ravens. I do think it's going to be a good game, but I think the Ravens get the win. Yeah, I think the Ravens win as well. Is it a noon game? Noon kickoff, so that's always a few for the West Coast teams. Yeah, I'm going Ravens. Interesting line on this one, man. The 9-3 Lions traveling to face the 4-8 Bears in Chicago. The Lions are only installed as a three-point favorite in this game. I mean, they just barely beat them two weeks ago, so is it really that surprising? And apparently the Lions can't play defense to save their life. So... 
I still think the Lions win easily. Don't let's not get it twisted. Like, dude, the the Bears aren't like the '85 Bears coming out. They're playing better defense, but the Lions are still a better team. So I'm going Lions. Yeah, same. I think the Lions get to ten wins. Uh, other half of the NFC South fearsome foursome: the Panthers heading into New Orleans to face the Saints. Not much to be excited about as a Saints fan at this point in the year, but you do get Jameis Winston playing this week, and I think that'll be enough to get them over the Panthers and send them to one and twelve. God, dude, I really want the Panthers to win this game. I Like, I badly want them to beat the Saints just for the Saints to just look like the worst team in the NFC, but it ain't going to happen. The Panthers are so bad. What the hell were they thinking at the deadline? Why didn't they trade any everybody, single player on that team with value? Like, Brian Burns, what the hell are they thinking? Dude, get rid of him while he still has value. That franchise is a dumpster fire. I just I don't yeah, get it. it's it's looking very very grim for the uh, for the Panthers for the next few years. Um, this is a tricky one, man. Six and six Vikings heading into Vegas to face the five and seven Raiders. I think the Raiders had a little spark when Antonio Pierce uh, first took over, but that seems to be fading. You see that a lot when the interim coaches come in. But the Vikings look like a mess last time they played. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. I still got a little bit of faith in Josh Dobbs. I think he shakes off that four interception performance from last time, and I think they go in and get back on track against the Raiders. Oh, shit. Trevor Lawrence is hurt. That's not good. Oh, and also the, the Vikings get Justin Jefferson back, not to mention that. That's a boost. Yeah, I'm going Vikings as well. That does not look good. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence just slammed the helmet. Let's watch for the uh... – Ooh, okay. I think that looks like an ankle sprain. Maybe looked like his uh, his offensive lineman just stomped his ankle. Hopefully, it's just a sprain. He can shake it off. His fat we'll lineman see. stepped on his leg. Yeah, oh boy. Then I was worried. I was worried about Achilles though at first. Ugh. But I don't know that leg that was in the front, the one that didn't get stepped on, it planted in the ground. Weird. Look at these Panthers fans. They were just up in arms. Those are Jaguars fans, but either way, you know what I meant. Both expansion teams. Doesn't matter. We didn't. W- let's talk about what we're sipping on, man. That's a good segue, dude. I'm drinking a freaking. What is this? This thing is dead. I didn't even look at the ABV for oh, I freaking God. got it out, but it's hitting, dude. Uh, let's see. So it's by it's from Drecker Brewing, which is out of Fargo. Ooh, those North are good Dakota. beers. Those are really strong beers. Yeah, this is Fangs Out IPA. It's a seven percenter, which is interesting because, like, you know, I drink a ton of craft beer, so it's hard to wow me. First sip on this thing kind of like knocked me back a little bit, dude. I was <laughs> I was wincing through the first uh, like ten <laughs> to fifteen seconds of the podcast, dude, just because it was like you know uh, the, this thing's so hoppy, dude. It was like I bit into a bowl of potpourri uh, on that first drink, man. But it's it's pretty dang good. But definitely starting to feel it as we're at the uh, the fifty five minute into the into the podcast. Yeah. So. Um... I got two beers here. Um, this These are out of the advent calendar that Ari bought for me. Ari got me the BrewDog advent calendar. Um, nice. Like so, BrewDog. So today I got, and a couple of these, these are exclusive to the advent calendar, so it's kind of cool. Um, the cool. first one I drank was called Santa Paws. It's a cranberry and grapefruit IPA. Okay. Pretty I'll good. 6.5%. And then right now I am drinking Fake Empire Amber Ale. It's a 6.5-er as well. They're, they're <laughs> so both, you're going to be buzzing by the time we hit the end. Yeah, they're both really good, man. Uh, this has been a good advent calendar. And uh, just for future reference for all of you beer drinkers out there, on Black Friday, they mark these down to 30% off. So 
and it got here in time for the first day of December. So really a good deal. I think it was normally like a hundred bucks. So it was 70 bucks for 24 beers. That's not that bad. No, it's not bad at all, man. All right, let's get back on track. NFC West. Do we think the Niners have a letdown after that huge emotional win on Sunday? They got the, the longtime rival Seahawks coming into town. Um, I can see a bit of a letdown, but I still think it's not going to be enough for them to lose. Um, so yeah, I'm oh going my God, sorry to interrupt you, but we are seeing Trevor Lawrence being helped back into the, uh, the locker room right now. He could not walk off under his own power. You bully. What is Tony Khan doing right now? Who knows? I'd rather not think about it. Oh, that brutal. So bad, dude. Do we know who the Jaguars' backup quarterback is? Uh, I'm going to go C.J. Beathard. Okay. Was that just a random guess you threw out there, or do you think he is their backup? It is C.J. Beathard. Okay. That I thought you were just like... No, that was a random, out, no, that was a like, random uh, guess, but it is C.J. Beathard. I was going to say, like, Nick Mullins, dude. Man, Anybody that's played the for the Niners? Oh, boy. Dude. Jaguars we are maybe seeing, Look at that look in Doug Peterson's face. Yeah, Maybe we're going to see Trevor Lawrence in his true, like, you know, sunshine moment, dude, and come running back out to save the day. Fucking going to Bob Gibson us and fucking run out with a fucking broken leg. Where's Rev at when you need him? <laughs> Rev, you ready to run, son? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was, it was like, give me 54 Bama lead with a no, no, double no, no, reverse. No. Like, your life depends on it. No, it's a... Uh... It's something with a backside George reverse, like your life depended on it. Let's see. We we gotta look it up now, dude. I know this is really compelling audio for the listeners here, but if you're a true goal line listener, you're you're there's some people that are listening to this right now, like punching the air, like screaming out what the play call is. It's it's a fake twenty three blast with a black backside George reverse, like your life depended on it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm gonna uh I'm taking that name and I'm just gonna craft a play to fit that name for flag football next season, dude. <laughs> like your life depended on it. When we get in the playoffs next season and we get to a big juncture, I, I want to be able to say that line, dude, to one of the little kids, and they're just gonna be looking at me like, "What the hell are you talking about, coach?" Yeah, it's gonna be great. All right, I'm coming in for that game. <laughs> so we both in agreement. Niners win, right? Yeah. Bills and Chiefs. I think the Bills win, dude. I think I the Bills too. get it done. There's zero, they've given us zero reason to have any type of faith so far this season. But a lot of times in the NFL, the more desperate team wins. And for better or worse, the Chiefs look like they're coasting until playoff time anyways. I think the Bills go into Arrowhead and get the win just like last season. I think the Bills win as well. I, I seriously think that that bye week could not come at a better time. I think McDermott probably had a meeting with the owners and they're like, Hey man, you're coaching for your job at this point. So figure it out. Uh Oh yeah. I know we, you know, we're just picking wins and losses, dude. If I'm like looking at the game script on this one, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the bills where they go in there and whoop some ass. And this kind of becomes like the rock bottom moment for the chiefs where we start to see them actually generate some momentum for the, for the playoffs, man. I think, but yeah, the bills, if they're anything like what we thought they were going to be when we both picked them for the Super Bowl in the preseason, they need to go out and have their most impressive game of the season on Sunday. I agree. Broncos and Chargers in L.A. I think the Broncos win, man. Broncos are playing really good football. They barely lost to the Texans in Houston yesterday, and the the Chargers were 
abysmal in victory. Like you could not have looked any worse in a victory than than they did against New England. I think the the Broncos go in there and, and get to seven and six. God, dude, I want to pick against you, but there's no way I have any faith in the Chargers after yesterday. Like they are bad. That that is a miserable football team. I think the only reason that coach is still there is just because their ownership is cheap. They don't want to. They don't want to fire a coach with, you know, whatever his buyout is. Man, I think they they may just let him coach coach out his contract, dude. The Chargers have historically been one of the freaking more like thrifty franchises, but I don't know how with a a team that's at least on paper is that loaded with talent. I don't know how you accept those results week after week this season. Yeah, it's not good. Big game Sunday night, Eagles and Cowboys. Dude, I think the Cowboys get it done, man. I think the Eagles are reeling a little bit. Cowboys got some blood in the water. Uh, I think the Cowboys get the win to, to tie with the Eagles at top of the NFC East. All right. Well, at least we have a different game. I'm going Eagles. I just I, I don't see this team losing two in a row. I, I, I just think they're too good to lose two in a row. Monday night, we got another doubleheader, man. That's what's up. We got the Packers and Giants in New York for the first time. Actually, these both games are going on at the same time, dude. So we're going to have to – we'll split the difference, what? man. Next Monday night, you can watch Packers-Giants. I'll watch Titans-Dolphins. What the f- – why the hell did they do that? I don't – I think when they flex, I don't think they flex the team out. I think they just flex the game into Monday night. Uh, no, because they definitely flexed out the Monday night game next week because there's only one Monday night game next week because they flexed Eagles-Seahawks into Monday night. So they, know, maybe they, they planned. Was this going to be a doubleheader all season long? I don't know. I can't. I haven't been keeping let, tabs on the let, schedule. Let me look real quick. Let me type in Monday Night Football schedule for this season and let's see what it had it as. All right, Monday nights. For those wanting to know where we're at in the game right now, it's twenty-eight to twenty-eight with the Bengals driving to potentially take the lead on the Jaguars here. Um. Yeah, it was it was always scheduled for this. This was always going to be a double Monday nighter. Interesting. Interesting. All right, I think the Packers get the win over the Giants to surprisingly get to seven and six. Man, as bad as they looked start of the season, dude, they're really rounded into form. Yeah, I'm going Packers as well. I think we're both going the same two teams here. I'm going Packers and Dolphins. There's there's no way the Dolphins are losing to the Titans. Just no, I think it's going to be a nice showcase game for the Dolphins, man. Titans secondary is pretty weak. I think the Titans will put up a little bit more fight than people are expecting. That 13 and a half point spread is a little bit insulting to me as a, as a Titans <laughs> fan. But uh, uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins win, man. I mean, are they going to get two punts blocked in a row on next Monday night? Because that was about as embarrassing as it can get. I still think that Ryan Tannehill sabotaged Will Levis yesterday. You know, Will Levis drove down, got him the touchdown. They're all set to take the lead with a couple minutes left. But because the punter got hurt, because somehow, you know, I've never seen this in all my years of watching football, two straight punts blocked, and Ryan Stonehouse, who's probably the Titans' second-best player besides Derrick Henry, gets hurt. So, which means Ryan Tannehill is the holder on the extra point. Motherfucker puts the laces sideways, dude. And and Nick Folk, who hasn't missed a field goal all season long, misses the extra point the first time Tannehill's the holder, dude. I think Tannehill just didn't want uh, Levis to get that shine of beating the Colts at home. I can see it, bitch. Yeah, it's... And, dude, he definitely... He knew he fucked it up because, like... I'm not super smart. I've never been good at kicking at all. So I don't know if the laces, you know, I think laces out just because of Ace Ventura, but I don't know if laces sideways matters, but he had the laces pointed straight sideways. And literally as soon as they got up, Tannehill said to Nick Folk, you could like read his lips. He said, my bad, you know, kind of like try to dap him up and stuff. So 
Yeah, Tannehill fucked over the Titans once again yesterday. You know, he's always he's kind of been famous for never taking the high road. Uh, you know, when they drafted Malik Willis and then when they said they were starting Will Levis, both times he kind of moped about it and bitched in the media. He didn't just do the the good soldier thing. Uh so yeah, it's I, I still appreciate Ryan Tannehill, but I'm kind of on fuck Ryan Tannehill mode for right now. I get it. All right, let's get into million dollar bets. Uh huh, yeah. Uh huh, yeah. How'd we do last week, Jordan? All right, so I went one and one. I hit the Cardinals Steelers under 39.5. And then that was for 100K. And then I took Kansas City minus six and a half for 50K, which clearly did not hit. So that brings my total in the season to 14 and 12 plus 225,000. Seth went 2-0 this week. He hit Colts minus 2 for 50K, and then Lions minus 4 for 100K. On the season, Seth is 15-11 plus 150K. Yeah, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. I'll go first since I got the lead, man. I'm going to toss I'm gonna toss 75K down on the Broncos plus 3 at Los Angeles. Broncos plus 3 at LA. 75K? Yep. Okay. All right. I have uh, Texans minus six and a half for 75K. Um, I just, I the Jets are so bad. I don't see any way they don't cover this. Yeah, I feel that. I will go. This feel, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I was thinking about taking the Browns or the Jags because the Browns are plus three, but that feels kind of sleazy because these lines were from a couple hours ago. Yeah. I'm going to take the Saints, dude. I'm a, I've been I've been singing Jameis's praise all season long. I'm going to take the Saints. I'll throw 50K on the Saints minus five with the Panthers coming to town. Okay. Five. 50K, you said? Yep. All right. Uh, my other bet, I am going Bengals. Colts over 40 and a half for a hundred K can't believe you didn't want to sprinkle a little bit on your Falcons, dude. Nope. Don't, I don't ever bet my team, dude. I I've learned a long time ago. You never bet your own team. I had an all time though, whatever the opposite of a bad beat is I had on Sunday, dude, I bet, uh, against the, this is a legit bet, not million dollar bets, bet against, against the Titans. Cause I was thinking it's a win-win dude, you know, uh, either I'm going to get to see my team win or I'm going to win some cash. And I bet for the Colts to, uh, win against the spread, which I think was two and a half points and Gardner Minshew, two touchdown passes and the game ended on a Gardner Minshew walk-off touchdown. So that was, that was pretty fucking sweet. Dude. Talk, talk about mixed emotions, man. I was like, well, I was going to be so pissed because they had it down at like the two yard line in overtime. I was like, I, I just knew they were going to fucking run it in, dude. So it was going to just be a total lose, lose, but, uh, but not nah, man, uh, old, uh, Minshew mania took, took hold of me. Man. So I'm definitely a Minshew maniac for at least the next couple of weeks. All right. All right, we got one uh, question in the mailbag right now. It is from our good buddy Jay Bowen from the Coming Down the Aisle podcast. We had long balls with him last year over with the Turnbuckle Tavern crew. He says, who is your current pick for MVP with the race being wide open right now? Um, man, dude, it, it's a, it got a lot tighter after this week. I will say that. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. She would never say that. Uh, I'm going to, dude, I think I'm actually going to go with Dak. 
Like, I just, I think the way he's played the last two months, um, dude's balling out there playing really good football. And, I mean, they're winning, so I'm going to go Dak. I mean, I think it's a wide-open race right now. Like, I thought if the Eagles ran away with the NFC, Hurts would get it no matter what. I'll say a more shocking thing. I don't even think Mahomes is in the top six for MVP votes right now. He's not, dude. I think he's still definitely one of the top three or four players in the league, but the performance this year and the numbers, there's just no way he's even in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go off the wall, dude. It's, you know, in a year where they leave out an undefeated a- ACC champion from the the college football playoff, dude, I think people are are looking to break precedent. I think if he keeps it up, man, if they can get the one seed and he breaks 2,000 yards, I think Tyreek Hill can win it, dude. Like, you know, he's definitely got the most compelling case we've had for a wide receiver to get MVP since probably Jerry Rice in the 80s, man. Like, you know, even those years that, like, Randy Moss had, it still felt like it was more of a Tom Brady thing and Randy Moss was just, you know, was just the vessel, was just the weapon. Um same thing with Julio, man. When Julio was having his absolute monster years in 2015, 2016, it still felt like it was more of a Matt Ryan deal. Obviously, Matt Ryan won the award in 2016. Um, but, dude, yeah, I think Tyreek is such a weapon, such a game changer, just absolutely, like, wrecks havoc on the way a defense schemes. I, I think some things need to happen. I think he needs to keep up this tear that he's been on, right? Like, at least 100 yards, a touchdown every single week. Um, and But they end up with the one seed. Why not Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I mean, I think they'd give it to Tua over him at that point just because Tua was the one that was throwing him the ball and they love to give it to quarterbacks. But, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. So after I made my pick, I got on ESPN to see what their thoughts are. As of right now, Brock Purdy is the betting favorite for the MVP. Brock's balling, dude. I know people want to say it's it's the system and the weapons, but, dude, he's still making some really, really nice throws, man. Like, Mm -hmm. he is... I think he's, you know, he's definitely kind of, I don't want to say game manager, dude. He's whatever, like, the upgraded version of a game manager, that's what he is. He's like he's like the robot, right? Like, he's going to go out there and just execute Kyle Shanahan's offense perfectly. Um, but, yeah, dude, I, I don't know, man. I still, I think, Ty, I think the, I think you could put somebody else in the Niners offense at quarterback and yep. they would be, um, just they would good. still be relatively close to what they are. I don't think you could, there's anybody you could replace Tyreek Hill with. No, I agree. So right now they got Brock Purdy, Dak, and Jalen Hurts basically all tied for number yeah. one. Mahomes, surprisingly, is four. Lamar's five. Two is six. Tyreek, seven. CJ Stroud is eight right now in betting favorites. That is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Lamar needs to, if Lamar can reel off some, a couple, you know, eye popping stats games, I think he could race back up to the top. But like you said, man, it's been, he's been all about the efficiency this season. You know, he hasn't, it's not looking statistically like it did in 2019 when he won MVP. But yeah, he's, he's in the mix, man. You know, obviously Hertz is right there, dude. Hertz, if they would have won on Sunday, yeah, Hertz would be the favorite. But I don't know. I can't see Brock Purdy getting it, man. I feel like I can't either. As a football watcher, dude, I just feel like you know most valuable. I I I never subscribe to like most valuable as being like the best player on the best team. I really look at like which team would be the most fucked if this guy wasn't there. And I feel like it's definitely the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill. I agree. All right, hit us with some uh, closing thoughts, man, and we will get out of here for this week. Falcons just please keep winning in spite of Arthur Smith like I I don't ask for much man like just keep beating these shitty teams you got the easiest schedule in the NFL down the stretch like just keep winning and 
I hope all your teams lose this week. I really do. I mean that from the heart. I hope all of your teams lose this week, and I hope hope you get booted out of fantasy football this week too, just to add the shit layer on top of your cake. We used to taste that tad and overfreight. Couple of kids in a Chevrolet. Catch a little air when we cross the tracks. Sipping on some from a paper stack. You hang your shirt on that maple limb. Slipping through the moon to the river bend. Wasn't very long, I was jumping in. Jumping in. I guess I'm still doing now what I was doing then. Chasing you like a shot of whiskey. Chasing that you and me, I only see in my review Till I'm 